Welcome to the October 26, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast, where we cover the biggest stories in Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day forever. You could count on us being here. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. Jumping into the market analysis, the Bitcoin price is really, really stable, and the rest of the crypto market. Ethereum's been like $200, like it's been like 204 actually for like days now. Ripple's around 45 cents. EOS is around $5.40. Stellar's at like... 24 cents, Litecoin's at $52, Tether's still below a dollar, it's not a parity, that's like old news already. But yeah, it's really, really stable. Bitcoin's price itself is sitting around $6,400 on Bitstamp and Coinbase. The Bitfinex premium, like Bitfinex has had this issue where it costs more to buy Bitcoin on Bitfinex than like anywhere else in the world because they had some fee up deposit problems that are kind of persisting. They instituted a new system, but it takes six or ten days for deposits. I think that window is finally coming. Like there might be some deposits coming in from the new system now, and lo and behold, the price premium on Bitfinex is down to $125. Maybe it'll return back to the global average, and that'll be really good news. Because Bitfinex is the largest USD to Bitcoin exchange in the world, and it's good if it's functioning correctly. But the stability of Bitcoin goes right into our first story. So Bitcoin's price has achieved an unprecedented level of stability from October 19th to the 26th, which is today. And so the daily volatility, which is the difference between the price high and the price low for a trading day, is below $100. And it's been below $100 for an entire week, and this has not happened at all since April 2017. So in the middle of October this month, 2018, there was like a lot of volatility because of Bitfinex, but then once that disappeared, that volatility, there's just been like a very small trading range. Maybe it's because Bitfinex is like margin trading stuff working. I think they do have something similar to like Bitmix in a little bit of a sense where they allow margin trading shorts and longs. Maybe that has something to do with it, but I'm just speculating. W- regardless of what's doing it, the Bitcoin price has between been between $6,350 and $6,500 for like a whole week now. So... In April 2017, the last time this happened, that's like way over a year ago. It's like one and a half years ago, I think. So one and a half years ago is the last time Bitcoin's prices had a volatility below $100 on that, like per day for a week. And so the last time this happened during the week in April 2017, the average daily volatility was $33. But Bitcoin's price was much lower back then. So that actually represents a volatility of 2.75%. This period of volatility in October 2018, I mean this period of stability, low volatility in October 2018, the average daily volatility has been $56, and that's only 0.86%. And therefore, the current stability we're seeing in the Bitcoin market in the past week is, like, unprecedented. It has not been this stable. Like, April 2017, it wasn't even this stable as far as percentage-wise goes. You might have to go really far back, or maybe there's never been a situation like this where it's so stable. So, and put this into perspective, Bitcoin often has daily price swings of 5 to 10% or more. And now we're seeing like a weekly volatility of like less than 1%. So that's pretty amazing. This is really good for the use of Bitcoin as a currency because Bitcoin's intended use is to be peer-to-peer electronic money, therefore currency. And But the problem has been for a long time that Bitcoin is so volatile that merchants that accept Bitcoin instantly convert it to cash because they don't want to lose money because of volatility. Even users of Bitcoin, like people paid with Bitcoin, like they want to sell it immediately so they don't lose any of their dollars. They work so hard to earn. And in general, like, people just, like, it's like a hot potato. Bitcoin's usually like a hot potato because it could lose, like, 5 or 10% of its value in a day, and that would be pretty normal usually. But right now, things just got really comfortable. It's, like, less than 1% volatility. 
So it's a really comfy market situation right now. And if this persists, that will really enhance Bitcoin's use as a currency. At least in the past week, it's helped. And it helps the entire Bitcoin e ecosystem. Like Companies can use Bitcoin a lot more. It helps Bitcoin adoption. So it's great for the entire Bitcoin space. The only part of the Bitcoin space it's not really good for is day traders. So day traders actually make their money on volatility. Like they, they go long when they think Bitcoin's price is going to go up. And they go short when they think it's going to go down. And they profit if they made the right prediction. So day traders need volatility. They feed off volatility. The more Bitcoin's price changes, the more money they make. A good example of this is BitMEX. So BitMEX is the biggest like crypto-related exchange in the world, usually. I think right now the spot exchanges might even be challenging BitMEX's volume. Because BitMEX volume is down to $800 million per day. That sounds like a lot. That's usually like the volume of the biggest spot exchange in the world. But on a typical day for BitMEX, they have like $2 billion of volume or more. And there was actually a day in July 2018 when BitMEX's volume hit $8 billion. And so right now the current volume of $800 million is only 10% of BitMEX's all-time high volume. And this is because BitMEX and BitMEX users themselves make the most money when there's volatility. With such low volatility, like now there's like almost no opportunity for them to make money. BitMEX is not really used for investing. Because it's like actually derivatives contracts. So it's used for making money off the swings. They have short and long positions and they have 100x leveraging. So you could like buy one Bitcoin worth of contracts and then leverage it 100 times and have 100 Bitcoins worth of contracts. It could either lead to big gains or big losses. So due to the lack of volatility, the day traders are really suffering. But let's be real here. What's better for the Bitcoin market, for the merchants and the users and the adoption to be increasing or for the day traders to make money? And the day traders are actually exacerbating the situation and making volatility themselves. Like when there's any volatility, they enhance the volatility. And hopefully somehow Bitcoin can remain stable. But then again, we know Bitcoin's going to go up in the future or go down, but probably go up. This seems to be a bottom. So like this unprecedented level of stability is probably a solid indicator that the market bottom is here. After Bitcoin has declined from the $20,000 peak in December 2017, it's been going down on average. But now it's like really stabilized. And this could be the bottom. It'll eventually rise off this bottom. And just a word of caution, we don't know when that's going to happen. Like, for example, Bitcoin hit, like, a record of, like, $1,000 in late 2013 or early 2014, around there. And then there was, like, two whole years where it didn't get back to that level. Maybe, yeah, two whole years. 2014 and 2015 was a total bear market. It took two years. The current bear market has only been going on for less than a year. Yet people are so anxious that the next rally will come. There's all these people, like experts, supposedly, saying... Oh, it's going to go up to like 20,000, but then, to, you know, 2018, there's only like a month left. Actually, two months. So there's two months left of 2018, but they're, uh, you know, they're still saying it's going to rally and they've been so anxious for it, but it might take a whole another year if that's, because that's the typical way for Bitcoin. The rallies last like about a year and then maybe even two years, but then the bear markets last like two years too. So I think one thing that could cause an early rally is to launch a physical Bitcoin futures on Bact, which is owned by the Intercontinental Exchange, which owns the New York Stock Exchange. So the physical Bitcoin futures are coming in December 2018, and that could provide the push for the start of the next Bitcoin rally because institutional investment will be easier than ever, and we could see a massive inflow of capital from institutional investors. And we're talking there's like tens of trillions of dollars tied up in institutional investors. If they just take a little bit of their money and put into Bitcoin through this product, physical Bitcoin futures, which will be available on all the major stock trading platforms, and it's listed on ICE Futures US, a major futures exchange. So, and it's one day settlement. So people get Bitcoin the same day that they buy the contract. It is a futures contract, but it's only one day settlement. So it's like an indirect, but pretty direct way to buy Bitcoin on major stock trading platforms. So if people just diversify like 0.1% or 1% of the portfolio into Bitcoin, which is probably a good idea, 
you know, Bitcoin's price will go up massively because right now the Bitcoin market cap is around $110 billion. And meanwhile, the stock market cap of all the major stock exchanges in the world, $69 trillion. So we're talking like just a little percentage of the stock market cap going into Bitcoin for diversification reasons could start the next Bitcoin rally and make it bigger than ever. And this could be, it's good that we're at a bottom. So when that starts happening, it'll really be, you know, easy to see that that's happening. Like once there's like positive money flowing into the market from institutional investors from the back features, it'll be easy to gauge if we're at such a stable bottom as we are now. Now for our next story. Venezuelan workers have been waiting for a salary bonus for a long, long time. It's been promised by President Nicolas Maduro. And now he's saying it's coming. It's finally coming in the next weeks, but it's going to be paid in Petro. So Petro is Venezuela's state-backed cryptocurrency. And that sounds good at first. Yeah, they're going to get their bonus. It's a slightly different form, but there's a huge caveat to this. The Petro isn't running. It's not existing. It's non-functional. So they're getting bonuses in something that doesn't work as far as we know. It's like not even really speculation. For example... There's a block explorer which was launched in early October, and there's no blocks listed. There's only a search bar where someone could search a Petro transaction if they knew a transaction ID for Petro, but the format for a Petro transaction ID is not even known. So the block explorer is unusable, and the page shows the number of blocks in the connected peers, like maybe a normal block explorer or wallet does, and the number of blocks is 137 on October 8th, and it only went up to 157 by October 25th. So either Petro has the longest block time out of a cryptocurrency in history, which would be really bad for it. Like, such a long block time of, like, one block per day or whatever that is, is, like, not feasible or usable. So, reality is, like, they're just making up stats, kind of proving the Petro doesn't exist at all. Like, it shows the Petro doesn't exist, and I don't think anyone's naive enough in the crypto space to, like, not, to, like, miss that, you know? It's, like, so obvious that they're making up data. And then there was an in-depth investigative report in September 2018 that found the Petro was non-functional and non-existent, confirmed by a complete redesign of the cre- of the Petro in October 2018. So in September 2018, someone did a deep-dive, in-depth investigative report. They found it doesn't exist. And then October 2018, they launched, or they said they're launching a new version that's totally different, which kind of proved they never launched one in the first place. And so beyond the bonuses being paid in Petro, and then there is no Petro existing anyways... Maduro is asking Venezuelan workers to invest their bonuses in gold and Petro. So instead of getting the bonuses they desperately need, he's asking them just to keep it in the Petro. And this will all be on paper. They won't even know like if anything is on the blockchain if they decide to do that. And maybe they're going to be pressured into doing that. I don't know. That's speculation. I don't want to speculate too much. But it seems really insensitive that these Venezuelans are being encouraged to save their bonuses. They desperately need them. So there's something called the Cafe Con Leche Index where someone buys the same cup of coffee at the same coffee shop in Caracas, Venezuela, to gauge the inflation of the Bolivar, which is Venezuela's fiat currency. Because gauging the inflation is really hard once inflation gets so high. But if you buy the same cup of coffee at the same place, you know, consistently, you could kind of get an inflation rate out of that. However, it's only the inflation rate for coffee. And the inflation rate for everything else put together might be quite different. And some people say it's over a million percent. But anyways, for this cup of coffee, the Cafe Con Leche Index, it's 172,600% inflation in the past year. And so they re-denominated the Bolivar Fuerte to the Sovereign Boulevard. They took off a bunch of zeros. They also announced that the Petro backs the Boulevard. And this didn't slow down the inflation rate at all. Since that announcement, there has been continued exponential. Literally exponential. If you look at the chart, it's an exponential chart of inflation. So this is hyperinflation. Venezuelans are completely suffering, and I don't see any reason why they would want to save their bonus. So hopefully the Petro is working by then and worth something, because they're going to need their bonuses. And I don't think anyone, unless they're forced to, would save their money in a savings plan, because they need food. 
literally, they really need food. They're being paid like a dollar a day or something ridiculous. And they have to buy their food. So, I hope everything works out with the Petro in Venezuela. And I don't see any reason why they, the Petro shouldn't be launched. Like, literally, someone living in their mom's basement with a laptop that's not even that good. Like, a weak laptop in their mom's basement in the dark could launch a cryptocurrency in about, like, a week. Or maybe even a day. Because cryptocurrency is open source and it's, like, copy and pasting or even using platforms to make it easy to launch a crypto, like Ethereum or Burst. It's so easy to launch a cryptocurrency. I don't know why Venezuela hasn't launched their cryptocurrency yet. It doesn't really make sense to me. Now for our next story. So NASDAQ is a major stock exchange with $10 trillion market cap. It's a major stock exchange in the United States. And they're very interested in blockchain technology. And now they're patenting a blockchain newswire service. So basically how this service works is when someone writes up the document, they submit it to the blockchain platform and it gets stored with a transaction, it gets stored in the blockchain. So the document itself gets stored in the blockchain. This is good from the very beginning because it stores the document in a way where it's cryptographically secure, so a hacker can't like delete it or modify it. And also, let's say the whole website gets deleted, like if a news site gets really hacked and everything get, everything gets deleted, if it's all backed up on the blockchain, they can, all the articles will be preserved and they can just restart the site with that and not have to worry about losing everything. So there's three transactions that occur with this blockchain newswire service from NASDAQ. First, someone submits the document, whoever wrote it or whoever found it. And then an editor edits the document, and that's another transaction. And then an approver approves or rejects the document. That might be the same as the editor. But anyways, there's three keys. There's one for the submitter. They need a private key to submit the document. The editor needs a private key to edit the document. And then the approver needs a private key to approve the document and this creates a multi-sig transaction so it's like three keys multi-signature transaction and so once all the conditions are met all the keys are signed into the document it gets released at a chosen time um so this could be used for like a news site like bitcoinnews.com let's say like right now we're using wordpress and wordpress has the problem like there's often times where i submit an article the editor approves it schedules it and then it misses schedule for no apparent reason it'll say in red miss schedule and it'll never publish itself the editor has to go back and publish it and that could be bad for business let's say like it's like the end of his day he edits it and then he's gone for like 12 hours and then it missed schedule that happens like there's been like days sometimes where an article misses schedule because of wordpress with this blockchain platform theoretically everything's like a smart contract and it will be published exactly on time. Another primary use of this NASDAQ blockchain newswire service is to release sensitive information. That could, of course, be news articles, but it could also be like documents involving business deals, internal documents for a company's employees. So after you know writing, editing, and approval, the document gets released at a certain time to people that hold the keys. So you, in one case, you could use it for a newswire service for a website. Or you could use it to release critical information and sensitive information about business deals. And this is great because blockchain's very cryptographically secure if you design a blockchain, right? And a hacker won't be able to read the documents or modify them or delete them, which could be catastrophic for business. So this just seems quite necessary for business to have a service on blockchain which releases sensitive information after it's been all approved and edited to the right people because people need a key to even read it now for our final story of the day so coinbase was in a lawsuit because when they put bitcoin cash on their exchange like there was such a rapid run-up and the rapid run-up actually started before like bitcoin cash was listed on coinbase and then there was a huge run-up before it was listed and then even a bigger run-up after it was listed and went up like 140 percent 
which was a lot, and the market cap went up like tens of billions of dollars for Bitcoin Cash. And so there was actually a lawsuit brought against Coinbase because they said, hey, this is like obvious insider trading. Like the price ran up a ton before it was listed. So it seems like people, someone on Coinbase told someone else and then someone bought a lot of Bitcoin Cash. And apparently this case has been thrown out. So an insider lawsuit case was brought against Coinbase and now it's been dismissed. It was a class action lawsuit accusing Coinbase of tipping off its own employees about the Bitcoin Cash launch. And then they supposedly either bought Bitcoin Cash from other people or other exchanges where it was listed, or mostly actually just put their buy orders in like the instant it was listed before anyone else even had a chance to put them in. And I think it's possible this happened. I don't want to speculate. I'm not going to speculate. So it could ha- it could be either way. It could be insider trading or not. The judge says, no, this case isn't even viable, and they dismissed it. That doesn't necessarily mean it's untrue. It just means the case is not viable and not worth the judge's time. So Coinbase is well known for having the Coinbase effect in general, regardless of insider trading. Like, even without insider trading, I mean, when a crypto is listed on Coinbase, it jumps a lot. And I don't think Bitcoin Cash would have went up any more than it did. Regardless of instead of trading, it went up the amount it should have went up from the Coinbase effect. I call it when a crypto is added to Coinbase, it rallies because Coinbase is the biggest crypto exchange headquartered in the United States, and they lack cryptocurrencies. They have like eight now, and they used to have, or maybe like seven. They they started with Bitcoin, then they had like Litecoin and Ethereum, and then Bitcoin Cash and Ethereum Classic. Then they added Zero X and now USD Coin, which is a stable coin. We've been updating about Zero X and USD Coin as it's happened, and Coinbase says they're gonna add more, but for now, there's like barely any cryptos on Coinbase. There's less than ten. And so there's a real thirst on Coinbase from the users because Coinbase is like the easiest place to buy Bitcoin in the United States, probably, or maybe the most well-known and reputable and easiest, combining all those factors. So, yeah, just without insider trading, Coinbase has a causes a pretty big rally for any crypto that gets added. And in this case, Bitcoin Cash like had a huge rally. Some people thought it was insider trading because of the run-up before it was added, but that's been thrown out. That's all we have for you today on this October 26, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for the full spectrum of Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto analysis. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. Adios, amigos.